Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode, another week of The Goalink Show. My name is Ben. I am your host and the founder of Goalink, which is a goal-setting community that we provide grow chunkies with weekly challenges to avoid complacency. So if you're looking to grow and develop on a consistent basis, then you're in the right place. These challenges are inspired by different brands to bring you new ways to improve yourself. So you can kick back and watch me take on these challenges, or you can join me. I challenge every listener out there to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and failure play in our lives? Let's talk about the process, the nitty-gritty, the falls, the rises, everything in between, and not just the result. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week is a dope, dope episode. Get ready. Welcome Brianna Morse, a self-mastery coach to the show. This is a must listen for every achiever, overachiever, and just plain doer out there. Anyone who likes to accomplish tasks, do, 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 go, go, go. We delve into why what we do and what we have does not define us. This is huge. This is huge, big, 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 big. I love it. And Brianna went from studying psychology to teaching um, to a residential treatment center for teen males. She earned her intern hours and started her own therapy practice. Ten years later, she decided to make a change, packed up her life from Ventura, California, and moved to Greenville, South Carolina. And we talk about, you know, her struggles over the past year and what she's learned. And that's the thing, like these coaches and therapists that you have we all struggle and it's so cool to talk about that openly because we all have those struggles man so some other nuggets that we describe or that we talk about is why fear is a teacher how compassion humility and forgiveness lead her life why by being by yourself having alone time and meditating is so important and overcoming the fear of asking for help let's get into it this is awesome let's go all right, everyone, welcome to The Goaling Show. This is our, well, I guess we're testing, filming with my phone. And it's currently on three pillows on a backpack. So we miss Andre right now with, <laughs> with Saddle Solution. But Brianna, thank you for being here. Yes, thank um, you. And we're filming early-ish on a Thursday morning. And to me, that's just, it's fun. And I appreciate you being here at this time. And uh, with Greenville, downtown Greenville behind us. So you are a self-mastery coach. And we were just talking about the kinds of people that you coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you mind going into, well, first off, yeah, how did you get into this? Because I know you were into more of like the therapy realm Mm -hmm. before this. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating. So let's start there. Yeah. So first of all, thank you. I'm very honored. I love um, the opportunity to share my story and my passion and purpose with other people. There's a huge spider right there crawling on the thing. Oh, yeah. uh, sorry, an aside. Good thing we didn't use that table. Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> oh my God. I probably would have jumped off. Yeah, that um, pretty freaky. So thank you. I, pr- I uh-huh. you know, feel super humbled. Um, so I, I started out, well, you know, it's funny. I think that we all have an ideal track, mm. air quotes, if you think about where you see yourself going. Yeah. And um, I was always a natural helper. And I found a place to superimpose myself in some sort of helping way, whether it was like babysitting or doing extra stuff when I went Just to a growing church, up. growing up, everything. Is your Enneagram type two? No, I'm actually a six. What is that? Six is... Um, someone who's kind of in their head and okay. likes to overanalyze and think through things and has this emotional okay. connection to like okay. wanting to give of themselves in order to make other people feel so good. So that's still, that's similar. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, which is so funny that you said that because mm-hmm. in my own personal coaching, um, I'm at a place where, uh, my coach had me take the Enneagram again, which oh, I landed really? at a six again. Uh-huh. And have you heard of, um, oh gosh, I'm going to botch who they are. Actually, I'm going to pull it up because it up. I'm listening to it right now. Um, so there's a band called, uh, sleeping at last. Or, not. He's a, he's a musician Okay. and he created a song uh-huh. per every 
That's sick. Mm-hmm. So sleeping at last, gonna, so you can you can out. YouTube it, and he'll yeah. have a video per enogram, and then he has a podcast Ooh. per enogram, and he has a specialist that is well known in the enogram world that explains your number, and then he goes into explaining how he created the song. That's really so cool. I'm listening to that right now, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you were a helper. So I'm a helper, <laughs> and I went to college as a okay, I'm going to do psychology. I'm going to be in the mm-hmm. psychology world. I want to be a therapist. I know I'll be great at it. Mm-hmm. And I almost failed Psych 101 and decided, screw this. I'm obviously not good at what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I can't even pass a class, so I'm going to go into teaching. Um, I finished undergrad with a liberal studies degree to teach, mm. started the credential program, and quickly realized I am not fit to follow standards, which is what <laughs> teachers teach to. Yeah. Um, I have a very creative mind and I, I'm, I like to think from an individual perspective and I like to approach things from an individual's experience because not instead everybody... Of, instead of like a cookie cutter approach, exactly. one size fits all. Yeah, well, because you and I both know like your learning mm-hmm. curve is different from my learning mm-hmm. curve. You connect with things different from what I connect with and how you're living affects how you learn. Mm-hmm. So we all have a different way of you know, getting fed information and and keeping that in. So at the time I was working at a residential treatment center, um, I was the only female working in a boys 11 to 18. And this was in California. And how old were you? California. So I was, uh, 21. That's crazy. So 21 and you were essentially being a therapist for 11 to 18 year old boys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so young. Oh yeah. I mean, be doing that. and listen, the natural helper in me was mm. like, I'm going to get all these boys to love me. I'm going to do everything for them. I'm going to caretake them. Cause yeah. I mean, these kids have been through hell, mm-hmm. like locked up in cages for their life, abused and neglected. Like literally though, locked up in cages. Yes. yes. Literally. Yes. That's, like I could oh. tell you stories upon stories that kids burnt, being burnt with cigarettes. Like it's terrible. Mm-hmm. So obviously they all have behavioral issues. Yeah. And uh, I soon realized how much I loved providing hope and care for, especially kids that had Mm. no hope and didn't feel like they had anybody they could trust. Mm -hmm. Like their environment sucked to them. So I went back and got my master's in psychology, ended up getting my license in marriage and family therapy. That's the license that California gives. I think here in South Carolina, it's like a licensed professional counselor, LPC or something like that. Um, and so, you know, I went through earning my intern hours and then started a private practice. Um, I specialized in attachment work. So I worked with a lot of families who were adopting kids from overseas. Mm. Um, I saw a lot of, uh, kids, adolescents, teens with major depression, major anxiety. Um, and then a a good chunk of like college age youth. Cause as you know, like transitioning Mm -hmm. from living with your parents and having all these rules to then going into college and being independent and then having to figure out like, what does my life look like now that I'm done? Like Mm -hmm. all of that is overwhelming. It is. And we make a lot of terrible decisions. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So how did people, I guess, how did like recent graduated college students like find you? Mm -hmm. Because to me, like as a college, as a 22 year old, I wouldn't be thinking, I need help yeah. or like I need guidance. You're like, all right, I'm excited to do this thing yeah. out in the world. You know? Yeah. I, well, I think I built a really good reputation mm-hmm. in my, uh, in Ventura, which is where I'm from. Ventura is very similar to Greenville in that like, it's a pretty small community. Okay. And once you've got a good reputation and a good name, like referring and, and, uh, people being sent to you is fairly easy. Cool. So, I mean, that part I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did some speaking engagements and stuff like that at some of the colleges. So I think I just developed a good reputation, which is okay, so important. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, then I got divorced. This was uh, three years ago. And I, I wanted to start my life over. Like mm-hmm. I had this epiphany of like I had kept myself in some ways trapped, not speaking up not living to my full potential, not doing things that like 
inside my gut, I felt like I was really being called to want to do. And at this time, you were still a therapist. I was still a therapist. Yeah. yeah. Right. So three-ish years ago, you were a therapist, and then divorced, and then you are thinking like I, like it doesn't matter if you're some master coach or whatever. You can still potentially not, you can still feel empty or not fulfilled. No, yeah. And I wasn't even thinking like, oh, I'm going to be a therapist and now I'm going to move and be a coach. Like, Mm. and I was still going to do therapy wherever I went and, you know, everything was going to look the same way, Mm -hmm. but I was going to feel more free and, you know, (laughs) have this new life to start, you know? So I moved to South Carolina. So how did you, I'm just popping questions as we go. So how did you find Greenville, South Carolina? Um, I had met someone online and I came out to visit and really fell in love with, Mm. you know, so where I lived in California, Ventura, California is right on Mm -hmm. the beach. Um, So where I lived was like 10 minutes off the beach, actually like right outside of strawberry and cilantro fields. So could you imagine driving through that every day home? It was like luxury. That that sounds, (laughs) that sounds wonderful. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. So coming out here, I fell in love with the greenery and being a part of nature and the hiking and the waterfalls. I mean, California is in a drought 24-7. There is no water anywhere except mm-hmm. for the ocean. So for me to be out here and see how luscious everything is and that there's this massive, infinite amount of water, I was like, gosh, this place is so pretty, mm-hmm. you know? And it was very different from everything that I knew. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anybody. And I just had this draw to, like, go do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think when we're in a place of suffering or loss or struggle. Although it's good to have a support network that we can lean on to process things or get us Mm -hmm. out of our slump. I think sometimes we tend to use that and avoid really processing internal work. I will agree. (laughs) I'll keep going and I'll, because I think that's, I really connect with you for this reason, because you decided to go somewhere on your own where you didn't, I mean, you need to, knew one person but not really yeah you know and for me that was a huge and has been a a huge thing so Mm -hmm. so you came out here so I came out here well actually the week it was actually literally seven days before I was moving so I'd already packed and shipped my stuff was being transported out here Mm -hmm. I had put a down payment on a place to live my friend from San Diego was coming up. We were driving out here, got the hotel set up. You like drove. everything. Oh, drove. 26 hours with two dogs <laughs> and me and a packed car and my friend. Oh, it man. was the best. That's fun, it man. was so fun. So fun. <laughs> yeah. um, I got a letter from the board of South Carolina denying me a license. Mm. They said that my license didn't configure to their expectation. This was on the way or a week before It you was left. a week before I was leaving, okay. which is bullcrap because California is like the strictest state when it comes yeah. to licensing and I had to do 20,000 more things than here. But again, <laughs> it was all part of my process of yeah. growth. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I said, screw it. I'm still going to come out here. I'll figure the rest out later. So um, moved to Clemson because of my experience with the college age youth. I thought that would be a great place for me to go. And it was. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't work um, as much as I, I think, set an expectation for myself. Mm-hmm. But what I learned during that time was that I actually was gifted like a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an emotional year of processing and healing and actually like unpeeling several layers of my internal onion that That's I had cool. been kind of living off of thinking that like I was functioning great. You know, and I, and I think that's a piece of it is until we get really honest and, and reflective with areas that keep showing up for us that we're mm-hmm. not even aware of, like it's going to keep showing up for us until we finally become aware mm-hmm. of it and realize, holy crap, I've been living this life, yeah. but I'm not fulfilled all the way. And I don't feel happy all the time and I don't feel proud and I'm not living in my purpose. What do you think? So... I thought this. So before I moved to South Carolina five months ago, I thought I knew myself and I thought I loved myself. Uh And like truly, like I really thought I did. I thought I was like on my way to like fulfillment and purpose, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. Do you think that someone who feels maybe they, maybe they think that they're fulfilled or like, let's say like you're the Tony Robbins 
of like fulfillment and purpose, do you feel like you should totally like question that and flip it to truly see if you are? Mm-hmm. I think what everyone needs to do because like you, um, I was in the same boat. Like I felt super confident and I <laughs> felt like I, you know, was, you know, that idea of self-love and self-care I was doing it. I was going to the gym. I was eating yeah. healthy. <laughs> I was, you know, like maintaining friendships back in California. But at the same time, I was isolating myself here. Mm. I was constantly beating myself up about things. I was putting myself into, um, like really yucky and gross situations where I was behaving Mm. in a way that doesn't align with who I am. And Mm -hmm. yet I would do it over and over again and still see it happening. Mm -hmm. But then I would say I was happy. So I think that what people, what I would encourage, because I'm not going to say should, because, you know, there's no rules, but what I encourage people to do is, is really assess, um, their self-love and their happiness based on who they are and who they're showing up as Mm. versus what they actually do and what they have surrounding them. Will you repeat that? Because I think that's so critical for people to hear. It's about who you are and who you're showing up as versus Mm. what you have and what you're doing. So it's it's about really looking at 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 your core being and you know for me it's I'm still in that learning process and like I said I have a I mean I, and it's funny like I have done everything under the sun I have done um, EMT which is like an emotional um, uh, it's like a you tap into your emotions from this different way it's very woo woo um, <laughs> yeah. I've done Reiki. I've done traditional mm. therapy. I mean, my first therapist was 84 years old. She was so cool That's because dope. she was like, did not give a crap about anything. So uh-huh. she held me accountable. It was very nurturing, right? Uh-huh. I've had a specific relationship coach and the coach that I have now, I hired for my business. But in fact, you know, when we look at healing one area of our life, it's typically going across the board, whether it's mm-hmm. finances, relationships, your, your career, you know, your spiritual life, like we typically don't have a quote unquote problem area in just one spot. Mm-hmm. It exists in other areas. It's just, we're more successful at compensating, overcompensating in these other spaces. That's so interesting. So I think, man, this is actually a really fascinating subject. I'm probably going to meditate more on like something that we're doing. I think we think defines us mm-hmm. or so let's just use the example. Like we're successful at work. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like for me, you know, just to be like completely honest, like 28 years old, I'm not like a millionaire Uber rich by any means, if that's what you define as successful. But you are paying a crap amount for your apartment. <laughs> let's be honest. Yes, I pay. <laughs> like I'm doing well. Right. And um, but however, like I'll admit, like being a director at a finance company isn't my ultimate fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like that's like even saying that feels good. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't really said that out loud, like to anyone Um, besides my mom (laughs) over the phone. Hey mom, we're on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, like truly it's something that I'm doing and someone can look from the outside, which I've had people say, wow, Ben, you're a director by 28. You're doing well. Like you moved out to this, like this company recruited you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm happy I did it. And I think it's a stepping stone. Like, it's an amazing company. I'm not saying, like, I hate it by any means. But, like, if you dig deep down, like, am I, like, living in my ultimate purpose and fulfillment? No. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, what I would encourage, what I would encourage you to look at mm-hmm. and your listeners to look, look at if they're aligned in the same sort of way mm-hmm. as you is it's a twofold. You have to know what your gift is. Mm-hmm. Like, what you've been put on this earth for. Typically, that comes from your defining moment. Most people's defining moment is like a rock bottom, super hard, painful experience. Mm -hmm. When you can identify your gift, then you start to align with your purpose because whatever it is you're supposed to be doing is based on what you're going to be giving to other people. I like that. And when you can serve in some way Mm -hmm. that aligns with who you are and what you're supposed to be doing, then financially and emotionally and mentally, like everything else falls into place. Yeah, that's so interesting. And do you feel like, 
because so much of my life I've felt like I've been trying to get things and achieve things that I want that I that like I think that like I'm getting mm-hmm. by my own will and I think there's an aspect of that but what I've been learning lately is like my gifts are not necessarily something I've created mm-hmm. like I've worked on them yes to like um illuminate them I'll say I guess yeah. but like I haven't like they're natural so how much right. like what are your thoughts on forcing something versus really like what if you don't even like like a gift <laughs> you know like because some people might be good at something but they don't or they're scared of it maybe yeah well I think you just hit on the word the the fear of actually taking a risk that feels super out of what you know is familiar you know I mean we we're programmed to live in this part of our brain, you know, in the therapy world, we call it our ego. You can, yeah. you can call it your limiting beliefs. You can, you know, I, I've got clients who call it their saboteur, like that we all <laughs> like identify that. it however mm-hmm. we are, but um, we, we, we have this part of our brain that has been programmed to keep us feeling fearful of going past what we know because in our lives will experience something traumatic or negative or you know it's a conditioning that we get from our parents or teachers or mm-hmm. you know our peers and over time those start to build calluses that keep us hardened from wanting to put ourselves out there because if we do and it doesn't work then that ego gets reinforced by saying, see, I told you you suck, you're not good enough, mm. told you that you can't be successful, like why would you even do that? Like you already know that that's not what you're good at. And so it tries to convince you to stay exactly where you are. And so, you know, the work that I do with my clients and I do it in my own personal life is really learning to understand where that voice is actually coming from and what the fear is there for like what is it trying to teach you like why is it afraid because when you can get to know yourself which is such a huge part of going back to that self-love then you can navigate that voice a little bit more successfully without getting stopped or or not taking that risk or taking that step yeah so this is interesting like you talked a lot about how you personally have coaches, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge thing is that any great coach out there should have their own team. Yeah. You know, of yep. like, if you're going to teach it, you got to live it. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, and I've listened to a lot of things and I can attest that you are like, you make your living this way. So obviously yeah. like you're legitimate and like, look, you just smiled. Like, <laughs> like you truly love it, which is awesome. Um, but I think a lot of it can just be like, expelling what we think people should do like on podcasts do you have something like you you just mentioned that you do the work yourself um and i know there's a lot of work that you've done in the past year Mm -hmm. so what is something that you've done the work on and challenges you've overcome in the last year gosh (laughs) let's see i mean it's it's a long list yeah yeah um you know i but for me it goes down it, it comes down to three words that have accumulated over the last year that I continue to go back to with it, which is compassion, humility, and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, Compassion, and this is towards myself, towards my environment, and towards the relationships that I have, continue to have, have lost, you know, have struggled with, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that those three words or two words or one word may be different for everyone else. But for me, this, this last year has been about being more compassionate, which for me means, um, just slowing down Mm. and being more connected to my emotions. Like I'm a fast paced person and I typically move through things. I used to, and we were talking about this off uh, mic, but Mm -hmm. you know, I used to use the gym for what I thought was this, healthy piece of me because Mm. I'm super into health and wellness. I love the idea of being strong. I love the idea of, of, you know, giving your body what it needs, Mm -hmm. but the gym for me started to become an escape and I could use my adrenaline as a way to avoid all of the softer feelings because I could just keep that, that burning feeling in my body and Mm -hmm. not have to really connect to like the sadness or the disappointment Mm. or the grief or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And so I really learned to be compassionate 
Um, the humility piece for me, you know, over this last year, every expectation that I had in moving out here mm -hmm. did not work out. <laughs> like I yeah. literally, not one thing that I life. had expected and envisioned for my mm -hmm. life turned out the way that I was for a fact confident it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. But I'm so grateful for every loss, everything that didn't work because it brought me to this current space that I'm in mm -hmm. where I had to start thinking outside the box and get creative. And I had to be more flexible with um, how I viewed relationships and how I viewed myself in relationships. And mm -hmm. I had to be more flexible about ways of putting myself out there and like who I identify as. Mm -hmm. um, and then the forgiveness piece, which I think is huge for everyone is um, I had to start making amends and not only with people that I held grudges against in the past, but most importantly myself. And I didn't realize how many grudges I had against myself because of the expectations and the perfectionistic thinking and the overachieving ideals that I've had since I can remember. Um, and so those three words have kind of been an ongoing process for me of looking at like, where can I be more compassionate with myself? Where do I get to be grateful for the, the, you know, the humble experience of realizing like, you know, crap, I really messed up and now I've got to take responsibility for it. Or like, wow, I'm so thankful that I have this water mm -hmm. because there was a time where like I had no money. I moved uh -huh. here with $80,000. Most of that was from my divorce, which I'm so grateful for. Mm -hmm. I, I had a friend that really helped me to view it as my healing money, which now that's what it was. And I'm so happy that I had all of that. Mm -hmm. And there's been a point where I've had zero dollars in my bank account thinking like, holy crap, like how am I going to survive yeah. to now my business starting to thrive and do really well. And, and now I'm, I'm, you know, not catching up, but I'm, I'm able to live a little more comfortably without worrying about it. Um, but well, that's awesome. Congrats, by yeah, the way. Thank you. And to like repeat that, like, I think that was cool. Like you moved here with 80 grand, which is, I think it's a lot. I mean, that's a year salary. I think around places like Greenville, yeah. like that's a, that's, that's a, a survival. It's a, very, that's it's a, a healthy amount. salary it's, around yeah. here. Um, but I think, yeah, that's cool that you survive with that. Are you naturally more of an introvert or an extrovert? You know, it's if you were to put that label on, yeah, you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think we're a bit of both. Most mm -hmm. of us are. And I used to consider myself a full extrovert. Mm -hmm. But I think after um, everything that I've gone through and, and really uh, looking at some pieces of myself, I've used my extrovertedness to try and earn people's acceptance and try to mm. earn recognition um, and try to earn my success. And so I've really tapped into the introverted side of myself and I do like to keep to myself. I, like I mentioned earlier, like mm -hmm. I really like it quiet. Mm -hmm. The things that I do for myself are typically more quiet. Um, I have, Me too. yeah, I have like th three, four girlfriends here now and like, mm -hmm. I'm not striving to like expand my network. Yeah. Like I, I want to keep things kind of small and quiet. I like staying home. Um, so it's funny now. I, I think I use my extrovert side to build relationships mm. and um, carry my business yeah. and do the things I need to do on social media, you know, to uh, promote myself. Mm -hmm. But my introvert side is I is getting a lot more acknowledgement. That's cool, and I think. You know, no matter what we say or anybody says of books or podcasts or your parents, whatever it may be, like we're speaking from our experiences. So don't feel like we're saying that you have to do this or you should do this. Yeah. I like how you said that as like this yeah. worked for me. Take some inspiration, take some of it, take all of it, take none of it, whatever. Yeah. And you're probably like, yeah, like introvert, extrovert. It's probably we use more of one in parts of our lives than the other. Mm -hmm. Right. There's different phases. If someone is more of like the extrovert part of their life or, or if they've only leaned heavily on the extrovert part of their life, what have you learned from truly like being by yourself? Like, were you ever afraid of being by yourself? And, oh yeah. And how, what have you learned? I think, so I'm naturally, thankfully, I love being by myself. Mm -hmm. Like as a kid, I would just go in my room and play with my toys by myself. Mm -hmm. But what have you learned from that? Yeah. So I know for a fact, um, <clears throat> that the old Brianna used to 
keep my schedule busy with like activities with friends and being around other people. Now, you know, on the days that my schedule is busy, it's typically because of like clients, appointments, and like whatever my self-care is that day. Mm -hmm. Um, Once a week, I try to schedule something with like one of my friends so that I have some girl time because I just feel like as a woman, like it's so important Mm -hmm. to like have really positive female friends. Mm but I think, you know, what I learned over that time is, again, like, there's some avoidance to, like, not checking in with myself and getting to know myself. So, like, I love, just like you mentioned, like, I love quiet time. Mm-hmm. I typically, you know, even if I'm writing or doing work, don't have music or anything on because I just, there's something about the stillness in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like taking walks with my dogs, you know, that are... where it's just quiet and there's no conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, just like you, like I love meditating. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's funny because like quiet to me, the idea of meditation, for instance, was like, that is for wacko people. And it makes no sense. Like, why would you ever (laughs) just want to sit there and not think like that's stupid? (laughs) Like, but now it's something that Mm -hmm. I put into my everyday practice Mm -hmm. because it feels so good to learn to quiet everything because I we are all up in our head way too much Mm -hmm. and most of it does not serve us and so the more that you can get into your body and really connect to that like quiet space like you can use that as a tool when Mm -hmm. things become overwhelming so that you don't beat yourself up or judge yourself or judge the situation you know you get to Mm -hmm. get still and present and stay very present which is something that we're never taught that's awesome. I think, sweet, Brownie, you're pretty, this is awesome. <laughs> For real, thank you. Um, so another thing that when we first talked a few weeks ago, you mentioned, so the person you met, I think it was a short relationship, right, when you moved? Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned something about you were trying to save the relationship by things that you could do. You mentioned something about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, whether it's that one or my Uh marriage or I think relationships before that, you know, something that I learned about myself was this idea of continuing to work to prove myself. Mm. And the idea that like, if I gave up or I quote unquote quit, then I didn't give it enough of a chance. And I, Mm. you know, I have clients who have that similar mentality. Like I have to keep working at it because eventually they'll see how hard I'm working and everything will transpire into this beautiful, you know, Cinderella story. Mm -hmm. But that's not how life is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, in a majority of my relationships, I was always looking to prove myself um, by doing. And then in that, I would shut down because I wouldn't get the response that I was looking for, or I didn't get mm-hmm. the interaction that I hoped for, and I wouldn't communicate it. And then I would internally stew and, you know, beat myself up and, you know, negatively think about that person that I was in a relationship with only to like five minutes later, turn around and try and do more to get them to see, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, it was a trust vicious, me. Vicious I know cycle. what you're saying. <laughs> I'm guilty cycle, of that. You know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think You know, one thing that always frustrates me that I talk to a lot of people about is I wish in school, instead of so much about economics and history and all those things that are greatly important, they also taught us about how to build healthy relationships Mm -hmm. and being emotionally intelligent and, and how to, you know, recognize your own patterns and, you know, why we do the things that we do. Because although I'm grateful for all the the ways that I behaved in all these relationships because they shaped who I am today... I just wish I didn't have to suffer for so long, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, you know, we, we create ourselves. Um, so, you know, I mean, whether it's someone like me who's trying to prove themselves in a relationship or someone who, you know, feels a lack of connection or someone who feels like they're never going to find somebody because they feel so lonely. It, it all stems from, how you view your own level of worthiness, enoughness, value, mm. and importance. So. Yeah. Yeah, I can attest to that. Like, I've, again, going back to, like, how I thought I really knew myself, 
<clears throat> and then I got into a quick relationship as soon as I got here that I didn't expect. And like that really has exposed so much insecurity that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, I agree. And like, cause I thought like, cause before like leaving relationships, I was fine. I was like usually the one breaking up, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm strong, whatever, things are fine. And then this truly, like I truly cared about this person so much. And like when that, like it wasn't ugly by any means, it's still like great. But when it didn't work out of my expectation or what I thought I was going to, like truly it just like flipped me upside down. But then like, that's why I know why I moved here, Mm -hmm. you know, is one of the reasons why I moved here. And that's like so so important like yeah just being by yourself and just like ah, well and I think looking at the bigger picture like you Mm -hmm. said I mean if I you know if I hadn't had met this person and moved out here I would have for sure not learned as much about myself as I I did I wouldn't have created the career that I have now that is so much more flexible and dynamic in what I'm doing um I wouldn't have the relationship that I currently have right now, you know, with my boyfriend Mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, super blessed to have. And, um, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I I wouldn't have the boundaries with like time and relationships and with myself that I do, you know, Mm um, I mentioned to you earlier about, you know, the way that I use the gym, mm-hmm. I stopped going for like three months and I, I found myself unhappy because obviously I need movement and I crave it yeah. and I, I like challenging myself. And um, I got into uh, yoga and that really enhanced my, I, my, I don't even know what you want to call it, like my, my internal relationship between how I feel and how I move my body and like Mm. how I view myself, you know? And I don't think everybody has to do yoga. And I mean, I, there's certain things that I do here that I love that I think everybody should do like float (laughs) at drift, which is awesome. You know, which is sensory deprivation, like a float tank. I've done that twice. The first time I did it trippy. Whoa. Yeah. Like the first 30 minutes. So when I did it, it was, I'm not sure if this was a good or bad time to do it as far as my mental space. It was when I was like, it was recently like that relationship was in like turmoil or whatever. And so like I was super anxious already. And so like the first 30 minutes were basically hell. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> because it's dark. I can't hear anything. It's just, I'm like, you're I, by yourself. You're I forced can't to move. Be by you know, I can't, you can't feel a thing. Yeah. And that's just my thoughts. I was like, why am I doing this? Should I quit? Should I leave? Should I leave? But I didn't. And eventually probably around the 40 minute mark out of 60 minutes, I hit a point where I did not feel a thing like literally it was so cool. Like where I got into this meditative space of didn't literally, you don't feel heat, cool, like cold mm-hmm. pressure. Um, like, cause usually even when you meditate, like you can feel your butt yeah. on the ground, you know, but yeah. this is just nothingness and it was crazy. Yeah. I've, like, um, I mean for anybody that hasn't done it, please contact me because I can set you up with a a free float your first time. Yeah. By the way. So what, where can people find you on Instagram or social? Uh, so both is Brianna B R I O N N A. Mm -hmm. And my last name is Morse M O R S E. And it's on Instagram and on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, please get in touch with me because I would love to help you experience it. And just like you, like Mm -hmm. the first time I went, I was actually in Savannah, Georgia, um, and they actually have like a, one of those, I feel like it's like a tomb raider. Like that's how I consider it. It's like a big metal, you have a door that you walk into, like you're going into a gas chamber to die. It was like very <laughs> overwhelming. Um, but that time was great because I, I mean, it was the first time I'd ever done it and I felt so relaxed, but I've had crazy visions like one time I saw myself digging a grave for myself. This happened like a year and a half, a year ago. It was my birthday last year. And what I, what, what I took away from it was almost like I was burying or I was digging a hole to bury the old me because Uh. it was like this, I I was starting to have this rebirth, which felt very true at the time. Um, but like one, uh, another time I, I had this vision of like my ankles 
breaking. Ugh. But as I look huh. on it, it was like I was feeling super, like, ungrounded and not stable because, I, like, things were just kind of all over huh. the place for me and I was not feeling very connected to myself. So, I mean, I just... You know, other times I fall completely asleep. Other times, yeah. like you, I can't relax. Uh, but I think all of that is such great information. You know, a lot of us move so quickly through our life that we forget to check in, you know, and see where we're at, where our thoughts are at, where our feelings are at, where our body's at. Um, we just don't know ourselves enough. And mm. so going to something like that forces you to be with you. I love this. So the theme kind of this conversation is almost stop doing. Yeah. And like be still, be silent, be with yourself and check in with yourself. Why is that so important? Well, you know, I mean, the underlying theme and something that I work with all my clients on is this idea of self-love. You know, you can't, you may be able to have a successful career or a successful relationship or a successful spiritual practice, but somewhere along the lines, that person is going to notice that something is off mm -hmm. and they can't put their finger on it. So they just put more into the relationship or more into the career. But the problem with that is, is what ends up happening is something ends up falling apart and then it feels like life is over. But when you can come from a place of being in, in a solid relationship with yourself, which means you understand your thoughts, you understand your triggers, you understand what your emotions communicate to you, you understand your body. Like we don't even listen to our body half the time. You know, somebody says like, um, you know, oh, I've got, you know, the stomach ache or I've got this going on, I, you know, I don't feel good, I'm sick. And it's like, okay, well, let's like trace your steps back. What did you eat that day? How did you sleep? How much water did you have? Like all of those things are just a communication. Our thoughts are a communication to ourselves. Our, emotion are, our emotions are a communication to ourselves and our body signals are communication you know, systems too. And we just don't pause enough to check in and see what we need. We tend to put it on external factors. <clears throat> That's interesting. I like that. So instead of waiting for something to kind of blow up, it's kind of like, the frequent check-in is essentially preventing that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. checking in are those many like discovering yourself more or just learning about yourself like listening to that communication instead of you're being forced mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. that is fascinating so what is one thing like right now it sounds like you're pretty aligned i hope you i hope? mean i'm i'm Closer and closer every day. I right. Think. And it's always yeah. like a process of yeah. learning. Yeah. But what's one thing that you're still like, what's a current challenge like right now in yeah. your life? Well, I mean, f for me, where when I'm f when I find myself stuck or out of alignment, it typically goes back to a belief about not being enough. And mm. somehow if I trace back what's happening, somehow it's like there's this fear around something not working because I'm not doing enough of something. Mm -hmm. And so I constantly have to have that conversation with myself around, no, but you are like, you're doing your daily mm -hmm. actions. You're doing your, you know, the commitments that you have, you know, you, we all have this way of like wanting to be more mm -hmm. for ourselves, for other people. And, you know, w whether it's a worthiness or an enoughness or, you know, those two typically tem tend to be our foundation, if you mm -hmm. would say, for why we end up doing the things that we do. So I'm constantly going back to that. And it's okay. That's, that's I think that's the thing is it's okay. The, the, the difference between the Brianna now and the Brianna a year ago mm -hmm. is... I would respond to that enoughness in some sort of maladaptive or poor way to reinforce that I'm not enough. Hmm. Now, if it pops up for me, I just have to check in with myself and I kind of know the feelings that come up and I kind of know the thoughts and I, and I, and I have that conversation with my internal dialogue mm -hmm. around like, no, but you are doing the work and you are being consistent. And I still say it out loud. Like I'll say it to, you so know, my I. boyfriend, like, yeah. Ugh, I haven't gotten any clients this week. Like, I just feel like I need to do more. And like, there's a positive coaching from his side. Like you are doing as much as you can. Like you, you can't do any more mm. than you can do, 
you know? So that's where I constantly have to check back in with myself and get realigned. Yeah, this is awesome. Like, I'm really, it's funny, I'm definitely gonna have to talk to you more about this. Like, I'm connecting with a lot of what you're saying. Like, we're similar in that, and other people listening or watching, but like achievers and doers. Mm -hmm. This is really what, this is the downside of what we do, right? Like, we love to do things and achieve things and check things off and accomplish goals. But like, literally yesterday, in like meditation like I kind of woke up not way anxious but a little anxious but then I literally went like what I do a lot is go back and say no Ben you are doing enough don't be so hard on yourself like you did this and this like yeah you're keeping this thing like you did a lot like it's okay yeah you're doing enough yeah you were dope like yeah no for sure I mean I completely agree well and what's interesting too is I mean we're you know I'm 10 years older than you are, mm. which I mean, isn't a significant difference, but I think your age to about that, like 22, 20, like mm. you're in that, like Gary V <laughs> mentality. Where I was listening to him this morning which, with Aubrey, I mean, actually. He's great. He's mm-hmm. so, and he's super yeah. successful. So obviously he knows what he's talking about, yeah. but we forget that the Gary V's and the rocks and you know, the, Just the, the, Uber, the like, Will Smiths of the world yeah, also stop and don't do anything. They just don't talk about that piece because that's not where their success is built off of, you know, but they do take time to be with their family and they do take time to pause and put their phone away. They just don't talk about that stuff because that's not where their business is coming from, which is okay. But what happens is we get fixated on wanting to be like the doers. Yeah. And we want to be like them. Like Mm -hmm. we strive for that level of success, which again is fine, Mm -hmm. but you have to know that like in any form, you cannot be successful by always just doing like you have to stop and refill yourself. And that comes from journaling and meditation and some sort of physical movement and eating healthy foods and spending quality time with, you know, friendships that fill you up and not, you know, suffocate you. So, you know, I mean, that's like a huge piece. Yeah. So I'm, I'll have to send you this interview that, um, Gary did, you know, Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. I've, I've listened to that one. The one I think it just came out like yesterday. Yeah. You listened to it already? Uh-huh. Dang. Okay. So like, you're on remember, top of I've your got a, game. Remember, I've got a 30 minute drive into <laughs> yeah. town every day. Okay. I love it. So what'd you think about it? Because it really was about. Lo- he's really changing his narrative mm-hmm. because he realizes the negative effect that his hustle and grind. Yeah. Like. The idea. You know. I've, it's great. I've had this conversation with a friend of mine mm-hmm. several times, and she and I obviously kind of align in this way that. You know, the idea of, of hustling is, again, in, in my opinion, like a proof. Like you have to work hard in order to show for something. Yep. When in fact, you can work and show for something without giving up your integrity and your like level of, you know, physical health and wellness. And so I love that he's starting to see things differently because obviously he's influential enough to really create this tone one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And and what's great is, is like to pair him with Aubrey, who I think is the exact opposite is Uh great because there is a balance there. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's, what's hard is like, we're, we're a human species that finds a way to gravitate towards one side or the other. Mm -hmm. It's like we win or we lose we quit or we keep going. And there is actually this whole other gray area where it's like, well, you can actually stop for a second, take a break and continue on. That's not considered quitting, but you also haven't stopped and given up on yourself. But it's like so polarized. Like we live in this very polarized mentality. Hold on. I think we got to repeat this one too. (laughs) So it's not like quit or give up or win or keep going. Win or lose. Or win or lose there's so many degrees and variances like within that. And do you think it's that, is it just e- I think it's easier for the human mind to try and black and white yeah. and label things. Yeah. It's more difficult to live in the gray. Is that why? Well, because to me, gray doesn't have anything to show for it. Hmm. Both opposites have some sort of outside, either observed change or stuckness, like where you're staying the same and not doing anything, or there's like proof of something monetary or physical versus not having anything. And so being in that gray area, like there's nothing to show. And that's what I 
think we've always been taught is like there has to be something given or received or shown in order to prove, quote unquote, going back to what we talked about before, that you're doing something. That's cool. And again, like what you said before, remind me. So it's, you can still like take a break. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like you're not quitting or giving up. No. Okay. Prime example. Uh So this morning I took a sculpt class at yoga. So it's like a, you know, hit class with light weights where you're just moving the entire time. Uh Typically like I'm going the whole time. I use the heaviest weights until my arms start to die and then I'll pick up the the next weight and I just keep going and going, going Mm -hmm. today. Holy crap. Like I, one, I had to step out and buy a protein bar and eat it halfway through the thing because I thought I was going to pass out, which never happens. And I was just like physically exhausted. And I started to notice in my head being like, what the hell is your problem, Brianna? Like, (laughs) <laughs> you, this is not you. Uh, like everybody's looking at you like you're a quitter and a loser and you know, like you need to keep pushing, you need to keep pushing. And mm. so I'm in, uh, uh, so I'm in the tabletop position and we're doing these like donkey kick things with weights mm-hmm. in between our legs. And finally I just stop and I'm like, you know what? It's okay to not do it. Like you, you don't have to push and you're listening to yourself. And right now the self that is here today is mm. saying, I can't go as hard as I'm used to going. So just let me be where I'm at. And I did. And I, you know, finished the class and I felt good about how I chose to engage with myself in that moment. Um, And oftentimes you can take that experience and put it into all these other areas, you know, relationships, the way that you push for work or, you know, studying for tests or whatever it may be. Um, because we want to, like, we have these judgmental thoughts mm-hmm. that pop into our head that, you know, force us to, you know, you use the word hustle harder mm-hmm. to get somewhere. And it's like, you can only go so far. Mm-hmm. So I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. And then, the, you know, I joked around the teacher afterwards, like, holy cat, you know, <laughs> I'm, I was dying today. Like, yeah. I don't know what happened, but I do. I mean, I'm, um, you know, it's funny. I, I, you know, this whole thing about age, which I've never really kept track of. I don't feel like I'm, you know, I'm going to be 37 here soon. I don't feel like I'm 37. I know for the most part, I don't look it. Um, but like I'm having these body changes happening where Mm. I'm like, what's wrong with me? That's the Ah. first thought. Something's wrong with me, you know? So I've been having to take these antibiotics for this thing happening with my face. Uh And for a fact, I know because I haven't taken a medication for like seven years. Like I've, wow. I haven't been sick. I don't, you know, even take headache medicine most of the time. Like I don't take anything. And you only drink water, which I'm a fan water. of. Yeah. And I only drink water mm-hmm. um, or sparkling water. <laughs> um, but you know, our, our body responds to inanimate objects that it's not used to. So I'm 100% clear that that has something to do with it because it's mm. a foreign object that's typically not in my system you know Mm -hmm. and so again like it's really about connecting to oh that's right Brianna nothing's wrong with you like your body's just kind of going through a change right now so with that you get to slow down and let the change happen you know I love that too not forcing it to stay the same whatever that is dang okay all right so we've come to the portion in the podcast where I call it scroll my soul. Okay. And so what that means, okay. I like that. Scroll my soul. Scroll my soul. So what that means is I keep a running list of notes, right? Whether it's from conversations, podcasts, books, whatever of things I like. Mm -hmm. And so I literally scroll. So that's what I was kind of doing earlier. I was scrolling to kind of pick a thought. Okay. And I randomly stop and then I feel like it's meant to be. So I ask how you resonate with it. Okay. Reflect on it. Whatever it means to you. Cool? Got it. Um, I think and this one is perfect, kind of what we've, what we've already talked about. Sometimes we need to go through the worst to become our best. So sometimes we need to go through our worst to become our best. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to me? Yes. <laughs> My life? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, Ben, this podcast is I know. the worst. No, 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 it's great. Um, you know, I, I mean, to me, what that says is that in order to be better, because I, I think achieving our best or having that perfectionistic idea that like one day everything is going to align and life is going to be perfect is, is bullcrap. But becoming better every day 
only happens when you let go of those things that no longer serve you and have been keeping you stuck. And whether you want to consider that the worst or not, in my eyes, how I view it is in order to be better, you do have to like acknowledge those parts of you that are ugly and gross and, you know, have kept you where you're at. And, you know, for me, that was a huge wake up call, you know, that jealousy exists in me, that dishonesty exists in me, that, um, that shame and pride exist in me because having too much pride is, can also be very ugly. And those things set you up to have these experiences throughout your life that end up inevitably not working for you. And so you have to look at like, what do I need to do to acknowledge those quote unquote worst parts of you in the therapy world? We call it our, the shadow um, and know that they're there because they are always going to be there, but that they don't have to have as much of a, um, a pull and um, control over how you respond and react to your things, which then leads you to becoming better because that awareness piece is so huge. Hmm. That is, I've recently had a conversation about that too of, just like it's important I've gone through that recently of I don't even want to call them weaknesses I would just say another side mm-hmm. of our yep. experience or personality yeah. to not judge it because part of like doing I'd only like to do things that were labeled as or that I defined as like good or positive mm-hmm. but, but I really do have those feelings that society feels deems as bad or whatever right. um, so to not judge it and to almost embrace it and um, earlier you were talking about compassion, mm-hmm. having compassion yeah. for yourself. Well, it's like loving yourself, like, you know, for those things. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, those things, again, like going back to how we started this, like those things served you in some way. Mm-hmm. And whether they led to a positive outcome or a negative outcome, they did something for you at that time, hmm. which means they exist in you. And so with awareness comes the idea that like, okay, this part, this part of me exists because there was a time when I used to use it in some way, like it reinforced a behavior for me, whether the outcome was good or bad, like you did it, Mm -hmm. that's reinforcing. Um, But that being more aware, you can look at the next time I I am in a similar situation or experiencing a same feeling, does that dishonest or prideful or jealous side of me come out? Or do I get to choose that higher, truer self of me that gets to be compassionate or honest or, you know, patient and say exactly what's so and just let the outcome speak for itself, knowing that like, wow, I showed up for this, this better, this best part of me instead of going back to that worst, shameful, yucky place. Yeah, I like that. Well, dang. Um, Before we wrap it up, do you have like anything that's on your mind right now that you feel compelled <laughs> to tell the world? <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, the one, the one theme that I see, especially currently in the group of, you know, I work mostly with women. Mm-hmm. I, I have male clients that come in every so often, but it's a majority of women, um, is, you know, this idea around having to show up and be more for everyone else that they lose a side of themselves. And, you know, the thought that always pops up for me is for all of us to find a balance of, you know, giving and nurturing our own needs and giving and nurturing the needs of others and like creating a balance there that it doesn't have to be all or nothing, you know, going back to that gray. Um, So, you know, my thought or encouragement to listeners that are male and female is to, you know, just make sure that all of your eggs are not in the basket of doing for others, that you are taking time to, to do for yourself because you know, that level of giving and grace that you do for you only gives you more to then be able to give to others. You know, I was told years ago, you know, you have to make sure that you're at a, at 100% before you can give to anyone else. Because if you're, you know, relating as a parent or a boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, a boss to your employees functioning at 50%, you're not giving them your best self. Mm -hmm. And so to really look at like, how can I make sure I'm at 100 so that when I give, 
I only go down to 75. That's an easy fill versus like starting at 50, getting depleted down to 10. And now you're like, you know, angry and lashing out at people or shutting down and avoiding things or, you know what I mean? Like cutting people out when you really don't need to. So just that awareness. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So if people want to work with you, where do they go? Um, They can go over to my website, which is www.theradfrontier.com. That's my business logo, I guess I like to call it, or my motto, The Rad Frontier. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a client form on there that they can fill out to submit um, Mm -hmm. to me, and then I'll get back to them, and we'll get on the phone. And I love, Mm -hmm. honestly, like if someone is interested in working with me, I, I love to just have a quick chat and get to know you, um, and, and where your struggles are. And I share with you how I work and, and I want to provide you with some initial, just, you know, something yummy to take with you, whether Mm -hmm. we end up working with each other or not, because Mm -hmm. again, like it all goes back to my gift and my purpose. Like I I know that. that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So one last thought for me, if whether it's you or someone else, like, I think therapy or coaching, sometimes it goes back to the judgment, like I'm not doing enough. Why do I need someone else to help me? Mm-hmm. So if someone's feeling that right now, like, ooh, I really want to reach out to Brianna or someone else, but I feel guilty or like I'm judging myself, yeah. what would you say? Well, it's a twofold. So, you know, right, this is coming from a therapist and now a coach. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, therapy and, co- and coaching are a little bit different. Um, based on what I know of myself. Um, it's funny that the, uh, idea of therapy is something's wrong with me. And the idea of coaching is like, I'm trying to improve myself, which is hilarious because self-improvement happens Hmm. and everything is wrong with all of us. Like there's, we, not one person doesn't have something going on that could be addressed and fixed. Mm -hmm. So let's get honest with ourselves there first. And, you know, for anyone that's considering it, but afraid of, you know, personal judgments or judgments from others. Um, I feel like we're actually in this uh, current time frame where more people are asking for help and mm. wanting to, you know, grow personally and professionally. And so the stigma I think is starting to yeah, lose. I would agree. It's, um, you know, like negativity, but I would say just reach out and see what happens. Give it a try. Like, here's the deal. Like, even the idea of reaching out and asking for help, like pat yourself on the back because even just asking for it is so hard. It is so hard because it means that we've got something that we have to work on. Ooh, actually you just gave me a good idea. So we do weekly challenges and this week's challenge actually might be to ask for help. I like that. And I think you could do it like right Uh, with a friend, a coach, a mentor, you know, a somebody that you see at the gym all the time that yeah. maybe like you want to lift like them but you don't you know for like me that. it might be like a yoga class like can uh-huh. you help align me a little bit more because I just want to learn this pose a little bit better but I mean I think the idea of asking for help is great and you know the thing about it is is instead of looking at the fear or the discomfort around the idea that like doing this may mean quote unquote something's wrong Mm -hmm. I encourage people to flip the script and look at wow by asking for this I get to find more fulfillment I get to feel more happy I get to seek more enjoyment in my life like there's so much more positive um, you know places of gratitude to sit and finding help and you know working on yourself than there is the fear of judgment and something not working well this has been awesome Brianna, thank you so much. Thank you. For real, this was this was really good. I resonated with a lot. I'm sure other people will too. Good, thank you. I'm gonna. I'm excited to listen back to see, just so I can reflect even more. Yeah, hopefully I didn't do too many ums or you knows or ands. Those are typically my three <laughs> stuck word good. conjunctions. It's all good. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you, everyone. Adios. I hope you all enjoyed and loved that interview just as much as I did. And this week's challenge is inspired by Brianna's company, The Rad Frontier. Our challenge this week is to ask for help. It could be from a coach, a therapist, a partner, friend, someone at the gym to help you with a specific lift or workout routine, or someone at yoga to help with a pose. I get it. Asking for help is hard. It means we have something to work on, just like Brianna just said, right? It's a state of extreme 
vulnerability. Instead of looking at it like something is wrong with me, flip the script, flip it in your mind and say, by asking for this, I get to experience more joy. I get to experience more gratitude, more fulfillment. That is an awesome mindset, right? Like it's, we think we're damaged that we need to ask for help, but no, man, we're going to like get more fulfillment and joy from that. Just, Ooh, I'm stoked for this challenge. Um, so there are a few ways you can report back once you complete it. You can post on Facebook or Instagram using hashtag Goaling Challenge. Tag us in your stories or use the Goaling Hotline. This hotline is designed is designed for those who want to remain anonymous or you don't have social media, but you still want that form of accountability. So to use the hotline, call 385-626-0525. Follow the instructions in the in the voicemail that you hear and let it rip. Thank you so much all for listening. For real, I appreciate you. I love you. I hope you come back next week. I hope you're doing these challenges. I hope you're discovering more about yourself and delving deep in like what brings you more happiness, learning more. Man, I just love you all. Have an amazing week. This is The Goaling Show.